Welcome to Mountain Mama Misadventures, stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share, from the zany to the inspirational. Brought to you by Mountain Mamas, a nonprofit women's adventure organization, women empowering women to adventure. My name is Emily Hacken, and I'm running solo again today, visiting um, with Pam Samuelson about Kilimanjaro. This is a second of our three-part series. Um, this part we're going to be talking about, um, we would end it just in the middle of the mountain. So this episode, we're going to summit and um, and then talk about recovery and things like that and, and just what that summit push is like. Um, so she's a fantastic woman. She We talked last time about um, being in robotics. She's actually a fantastic kayaker, um, does a lot of kayaking in the Salt Lake area and the lakes and reservoirs and things like that. And I just adore her and think she's amazing. <laughs> um, so we wanted to just um, <clears throat> catch you up. So last time we were talking about an area called Barranco, the Barranco Cliffs. And this is um, on third into the fourth day on Kilimanjaro. And you summit on the fifth, fifth and a half, I guess the night of the fifth. So um, in the Barranco, after you make it over these cliffs, um, we head our way up through, it's just kind of a rocky desert, not a lot of plants up there, um, and make our way to the Karangua, Karanga <laughs> hill, hut area. We camp, and you can see from our tents, you're surrounded on one, at least on one side, by these huge cliffs and you can see the glaciers and hanging glaciers above you, at least in 2010 you could. So um, yeah, it was pretty epic. So some of you wanted to know, or I was thinking you guys might wonder what we were eating on these trips. And so um, for our crew, I have a picture in this little book I made of Kilimanjaro of like coleslaw and a roast chicken and fries were what we were eating around this time. So. Um, we tended to eat skillet type meals. Mm -hmm. I think that's how they probably cooked them up there. So oh, yeah. it was soft foods mm -hmm. and just mixed together the meat and the noodles and the vegetables. Which sounds awesome. <laughs> well, when you're hungry, you, everybody knows when you're hiking, every, everything tastes good. I know, except that we talk like, and, and this happened to me when I get to 15,000 feet, I get sick. And nauseous. And so no matter what the good foods they cook, I just got really, it just was awful for me. Did you like the soups? They had a lot of the liquid soups. Oh, yes. The soups were good because that was simple and on your belly. That felt really good. And and you said it was, they want to get liquids in you. Oh, so. yeah. And hydrate lots. Um, and so at that day, so day, is that five? Five. five day five, we're getting into the Barafu Hut, which is actually the last camp before you make your summit attempt. And you really just like, um, yeah, you roll into this around two o'clock in the afternoon and then you crash for, you try and get some sleep for a few hours before you start your summit attempt at like midnight. And this is when I got really sick. Um, <clears throat> and I remember just being in the tent and a couple other folks were sick in our crew too, just nauseous, throwing up, diarrhea, no appetite or really weak. Um, and I talked to my dad who is an amazing man and is bionic. I think he's the bionic man. He <laughs> just muscles through everything. And um, and he came over and he actually said a prayer and gave me like a special blessing um, with a prayer 
that I would be okay and heal and, you know, that I'd be able to make it to the top. And it was a total miracle, I think, for me that, like, after a couple hours, I could eat a little food, get a little something in me, hydrate and stuff, and get a little rest before we started this this summit attempt. What was it like for you on that last little bit before... Again, I was just surviving. <laughs> I, I just had a little tiny bit to eat. Uh-huh. I had some applesauce packets, which was the brat, which was the apple part of the oh, toast. Yeah. and The bananas, rice, applesauce, toast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's all I was trying to eat. Um, and then the idea is it was freezing cold. When you were napping in your tent before you were getting ready to go, it was freezing cold. The people yeah. at the previous camp had told us that. They said, wear everything you have. So I had seven layers on. Oh, I had man. two of the base layers and a sweatshirt and another a range, uh, another jacket and and um, and then my puffy coat. Yeah. So uh, do you know what temperature yours was? Ours was around zero. Oh my word! I don't. I mean, I just know that I was probably the same thing, wearing everything I had, and I had the biggest puffy coat that I could had purchased. And yeah, I mean, because it gets so cold, especially between 1 and 4 a.m. And especially right before the sun rises, like that 3 to 4 a.m. I feel like is the coldest time of the night. And we were just like you're saying, we start at midnight with your headlamps on and there's like 200 switchbacks or something crazy. And um, we were going to start, I think we counted them for a while and then we lost, then we got sick. But um, but yeah, your guides are just having you shuffle along. And we were taking breaks about every hour or so for about five, seven minutes. Um, and we would just have enough time to like drink some water, eat some food and go on. And I have to say like, this is when I think our guides dropped the ball because they did not... They had been feeding us snacks and stuff all along the way. But on this summit attempt, somehow we missed the memo that they were not going to do that for us. And so we were, um, whatever food we had managed to bring as snacks is what we had to carry on our summit attempt. And for me, that was fine because I was not eating anything. And so I just had a whole bunch of these Power Bar Goo packets, which is like corn corn syrup and caffeine or whatever. Um, but some of my other friends, my friend Catherine, didn't have anything. And my um, and my dad, I think, just had a few bars and stuff like that. So it was our crew was it was really rough. So when I found out Catherine didn't have much, I was able to I had a few extras and gave them to her. And um, but that was really hard on our crew. But essentially, like, that's where I learned the technique of like when you've got to do big mountains and long hours and especially if it's cold, that you only take break. Like you go for about an hour and then take a short break and then go for an hour and take. And then I would always have that goo packet in my pocket. I'd eat a little bit. or I'd open it up at our break, put it in my pocket. And then because it was I love that because it's so cold, it wouldn't freeze like the bars were hard to eat. Like they were they were just too it was just hard because they would freeze. Right. And so I, that's why I really lucked out on the, the goose because that was all I could manage to eat anyway. And then, yeah, they managed to get me through those cold, dark nights. I don't know. It, it's true. You don't know what you're in for. It. <laughs> I didn't realize when I saw the picture, I didn't realize that we were just climbing straight up. So you go from 15,000 feet to 19,000 feet. Yeah. All night. And just I so because I had no food in my system and I was running on whatever I I had almost no food in my system from being sick the last couple of days that I call it the like the death march. That's uh-huh. what it felt like yeah. for me. I don't even just being cold, being all night and dark, being just long and high altitude. It's 
um, one foot in front of the other. That's yeah. one of those times when it's one foot in front of the other. Oh my gosh. And it goes forever too. It's for all night. I remember seeing the like 5 a.m. The like the little when the sunrise, like the the oh. horizon starts to change color. And that was like the best side. It's like the the most beautiful sight I'd ever seen. That's the reason you go at midnight and climb all night is because mm-hmm. they want you to see the sunrise. <laughs> That, that is why uh, they do it. Oh, plus, I think they do it so you don't see what you're doing. Because <laughs> mentally... I think that's what it is. I, it really... I mean, I know on some of the bigger mountains that you do these mountains in the night because the ice is frozen, but we didn't have to do any ice climbing. Or, no, like, we didn't go we across no any ice. snow fields or anything right. like that. But, yeah, I remember, like, that was when that sun rose. That's, like, when everything started to warm up and like things are happier again. Like we have a little more energy or a little bit more cheery. Getting closer. Cause they yeah. told us we'd get there about seven. Yeah, Is that same. what time? Yeah. That's about what so time So when there. you could tell that's what, how you were getting there, there was some hope. <laughs> there was some end to this. And there was like a cool phenomenon when the sun rises over the peak you're climbing and it leaves a, a shadow of the summit I don't know. There's a cool word for it, but I've only seen that on a few peaks and it was on Kilimanjaro. It was the neatest thing. So you see, you're looking out on these clouds and mist and the horizon and you just see a, a, a triangle shadow of the mountain you're climbing as I the sun rises. Yeah, well, I didn't see that. I, know, I think thing. we were a little slower than other people. So <laughs> No worries. And so what was it like when you got to the summit to that, you know, at 7 a.m. or whatever, you're getting to the okay, top? Okay, so you get to like a mini summit first, right? Uh-huh. And then this, the whole goal is to get to the side. Isn't mm-hmm. that for you? Right. That for us. It's to get to the side and get your picture taken. That's the, <laughs> That's the goal. Care about. Yes. And it's kind of a long, um, flat Mm-hmm. trek to get to the sign so you can see it because you can see all the other people gathered around it mm-hmm. and you still have to make it and that's sort of when a lot of people were losing their energy yeah what i noticed is they were trying to get us to take our backpack off of our show just to give us a little more energy and i didn't want to i felt like that was cheating and when i finally <laughs> was i couldn't um you know i was like done i was just had hardly any energy left even though we were just hiking flat at that walking flat at that point I looked over and I realized everyone else in my group had already given their backpack. <laughs> that was the most foolish thing ever because they kept asking. Uh-huh. And so I I felt funny because I didn't realize that wasn't cheating. That was, You know, that was okay. And everyone else had already done it. Uh-huh. That's just a tough mentality. It so, is. So, um, so I, that part I remember is walking that last leg to the sign mm-hmm. and then getting up there and taking the picture. And and, and what's cool is Kilimanjaro is a volcano, right? It's, or not. It's like, I remember you come to the top of it. I should probably know this, but like, it looked like you were on the edge of a crater, like, and you could see this huge glacier below you, like this huge pit. Everything seemed below me for me. I don't remember. <laughs> I didn't remember seeing a shape, but like, it was so cool. And, um, but the could... idea that we'd made it, we yeah. were at the top, the sun was out. Um, and, and then getting the picture in front of the sign, you know, it was like we'd done it. Mm-hmm. And you could see like um, one whole wall, um, side of the mountain was for us. It was frozen, and it had these. Um, they're like pinnacles, and uh, they're upside down icicles. They were the coolest things. Like oh. these, like the way that ice had frozen, and it was just like this wall. Gosh, it was like. 20 feet tall, just a glacier that just went down into the clouds. Anyway. I didn't remember looking around. <laughs> I got cold. So I started shivering. Right. And another girl looked like she was having trouble with the altitude or something. And so when they said, how are you doing? And I t- told them and the other, and they said, take them down. Yeah. So they took us down pretty fast. So you're like, hi, picture it. Then I'm down. Yeah. 
pretty much. I think that's kind of how it was for me too, because I was pretty sick. And it and it's cool at the summit. It doesn't say Kilimanjaro. They call it the Uhuru Uhuru Peak. And I'm assuming that's Swahili, er, Swahili, Swahili for, probably. for Kilimanjaro. Well, no. Well, Uruhu Peak, this one, Uru, that's Uhuru? not. No, that. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. Uhuru <laughs> Peak. You're right. So it says, the sign says, congratulations, you're now at Oh, Uhuru we have a different Peak. sign. I have a different sign. Tanzania. Okay, in 2010, yes. it said Uhuru Peak, Tanzania. Oh, bigger and then, sign. And then Africa's highest summit, the world's highest, let's see, what does it say? World's highest freestanding mountain. So, anyway. So yours doesn't say Kilimanjaro. It totally didn't say Kilimanjaro. Oh, yeah. No, so it does now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's cool. <laughs> okay, so going down it's yeah. like straight down they take you straight down they do and so so that's the weirdest thing about going up mountains you take your time nice and slow going up and then when you hit the summit they do not freaking care they get you down fast it's, it's like sandy dirt you know that yeah. dirty sand kind of stuff and you're just sliding down you're taking these big steps it's, it would be fun if i'd had more energy because i, I didn't have any <laughs> food in my system so i'd have to take a break because i would have been down at the bottom fast I, yeah our guide was he didn't uh -huh. want to wait for us and he was oh. down at the bottom he was um but a friend and i uh -huh. uh it just would take a break every once in a while, but we'd just take these big steps and sliding yeah. down. It was actually pretty fun. Yeah, it was like this grayish, brownish, loose rock sand. Yeah, yeah, and you really could cruise down it. Yeah, yeah, I totally remember that. And too. so, not anyway, you get down to the bottom, and I asked the guide, "So, how much further to where our tents are? Because you're going to rest again for." And this is. Eight, eight in the morning, something yeah, like right that, now, right? Eight or nine. Well, I don't know how long it took to get down. Not that long. Half yeah. an hour maybe? Or... Oh, I think it was probably an hour or two. Did I it? don't know. It wasn't that long. So <laughs> he goes, five minutes. It's just over the hill. Uh -huh. So I realized that's all we'd done is climb that tall thing mm -hmm. all night long. Yeah. And coming down was really fast. Just super fast, yeah. So you go to, again, rest, but you've got to be out of there before the next group comes up. Uh -huh. Right? They're just, this whole thing is about every day is coordinated so that ev nobody passes each other nobody mm -hmm. and so yeah i remember yeah you just stopped at um our yeah that baranahu hut or whatever it was right called, and, and you, then just kept going down and then we did yeah, yeah. so that's the camp that you would stay yeah, for so that you, night yeah so you got <laughs> a break and then um you went from nineteen thousand feet to ten thousand feet yeah in one day in like one in, in that afternoon yeah. that afternoon yeah. in about five hours yeah so, and then, and that's rainforest by the time you get to back to 10,000 feet. Yeah, it's so wild. It's so crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy. And it was just, and then we camped in the, yeah, I remember we camped in the rainforest. And it was the most glorious, the videos I have from that are so cheery. <laughs> As opposed to everything from the freezes. <laughs> Couple it, days before. Because you know that your sickness and everything, your symptoms are a result of altitude. Because when you go down, all of a sudden, like... You can think again. You're not nauseous anymore. You have energy. Like, all these things are related to altitude. It's like the world changed. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. And so down is a lot of stone steps. Yeah. So you need your poles, and mm -hmm. you try to be careful with your knees mm -hmm. because it's just stepping down. But going down is so much nicer than going up. Oh, I know. And the flowers were gorgeous. So what would you say is, like, your take home about Killy? Would you recommend this to people if you were going to hike it again? Oh, 100% I'd recommend it. Not yeah. sure I'd do it again. I would do it if there was someone, my grandkids, someone else. Oh, yeah. Um, To do it with because it isn't – it's not – 
super, you know, fun. It's just <laughs> challenging. It's, it's just epic. It is. And so I would do it with somebody that wanted to do it. Yeah. Uh, but I would totally recommend it. And it's not as hard as you think it is. Right. I mean, this all sounds ho- ho- yeah, our little horrific, but, but it is just a, it's a long hike, you know, as far as like fitness level, it's a hike, you know, and you don't need uh, ropes or anything crazy. Um, but it's just knowing your body and going slow. Yeah. <coughs> if you hike, that's all I did is, and not like a month to two months of hiking before, cause it was too cold and snowy bef- and I wasn't out snowshoeing that winter, but yeah, you, a month or two of doing some hikes here that, and try to hit seven miles, seven. And elevation, trying yeah, to get up to 10,000 feet. You can do that in Utah, so. Yeah, and you're good to go. Anyone that I know of that's been in Mountain Mamas could do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's possible. So we just want to, it's possible. Africa is very attainable, and it's beautiful and incredible. And, um, yes, and we want to, like... Um, our next stay tuned for our next part because we want to tell you about you can't go to Africa without going on a safari and that is a critical part an essential part of every Kilimanjaro trip so um, we will share that with you in our next episode but we want to thank you so much Pam for joining us today and to hear more fun inspiring stories um, feel free to subscribe and um, check out our website at mountainmamas.org and share this with your family. We just love seeing where everyone's listening from all over the world. It's just inspiring. Um, and that's it for today's adventure. Join us next time. And as always, remember, a woman's place is in the mountains.